Welcome to the Justin Ledger Show. We've got NASCAR season starting up this weekend in Daytona. So we've got a special guest for this episode to talk about Sunday's Daytona 500, the upcoming Cup Series season, what to expect with these next-gen cars, and much, much more. Daniel McFadden has been covering NASCAR for several years and currently is the lead reporter and editor for FrontStretch.com. He also hosts the NASCAR show Dropping the Hammer with Daniel McFadden, which you can watch on YouTube or listen to in podcast form. Whether you're a NASCAR fan or someone who's simply curious about the sport, this is an interview you won't want to miss. So let's get into it. Here is Daniel McFadden. All right, I'm very happy to welcome on Daniel McFadden. Um, he was kind enough to give us some time before the uh, Daytona 500. I know you're a, a very busy man this week with uh, with everything that's going on. So uh, thank you, first off, for coming on the on the show. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, we're we're recording this in 24 hours. I'll be, I think I'll be in a plane. Yeah, I should, yeah, sh- I should be in a plane on my way to, or a layover, one or the other, on my way to Daytona. So I'm, I'm my- jealous either way, layover or not, I'm jealous. Cause I've always, <laughs> that's a bucket list item for me. I've always wanted to go to the Daytona 500. So uh, how many well, times this, have you been? This is the first time I'll cover the 500. So. Oh, wow. So you must be pumped. All right. So oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, big- I, yeah, I've been there yeah. before. I covered the, the summer races last last year and that was my yeah. first time covering a race there but this is the first time covering the the, the big deal that's awesome well i'm excited for you because that's going to be a hell of an event are you doing all the races or just sundays well i'll, I'll be there tuesday through tuesday so yeah i'll, awesome. I'll be on on site covering it so yeah Perfect. Yeah, we'll get to all the uh, preview stuff in a little bit. But first, before we get into anything with the season or anything like that, I do want to start with how did you develop your interest in NASCAR? How did you become a fan? Because this is an interesting topic for me coming from somewhere like Boston, where honestly, Uh on a daily basis, I do not come across many NASCAR fans. It it sucks on my part because I'd love to. This is why I'm having you on because I I need someone to have a conversation (laughs) with. So, uh, so how did you develop that interest? First of all, uh, my dad, um, I I was born and raised in the North, North of Dallas, um, back in the nineties. And my dad's a racing guy, a car guy. And, um, on the weekends, if we weren't watching the Dallas Cowboys play football, we were watching NASCAR, um, Fridays were for the truck series, Saturdays were the Bush series and Dale Earnhardt Jr. And then. Sundays was for cheering on Del Arnhart to beat Jeff Gordon. Um, okay, and- I was the other way around, but it's oh, okay. okay. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was. Uh, so- you know what? I was a big fan of both. I my dad. So I had the same exact thing. Uh, my dad got me into it, mm-hmm. uh, and he was he was obviously he was a huge Jeff Gordon fan, and I actually ended up being a Jimmy Johnson fan. Uh, mm-hmm. I switched switched fanhood like really quickly. Like what? I don't know if you ever got into the uh, NASCAR video games back in the day, like NASCAR oh, yeah. Thunder. So that's kind of how I developed my interest well, is my dad in that. Not NASCAR Thunder, but I, I did play like the Papyrus games and then the the EA Sports games right okay. there around uh, the turn of the century. The last and then the last one I played before the the Heat games came out, you know, in the last yeah. like six years was. Chase for the Cup in 2005 yes. with Kevin Harvick on the cover, yeah. and that's for me. That's the pinnacle. That that's I agree. That should, that should just be the blueprint um, for any NASCAR game. So, and they just keep 
keep disappointing me. <laughs> I know, I know. Nothing will ever live up to the NASCAR Thunder, NASCAR Chase for the Cup age. I mean, I it sucks because I keep looking for that something to be close to it. But these Heat games, as they're okay, but they don't they don't live up to that. And my, you mentioned your dad got you into it. My dad, me and my dad used to play those games all the time, split screen and all that stuff. Now these new games you can't even play split screen anymore. It's like what 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 is this world yeah. coming to? crazy yeah the, so simp- simple things that the games yeah. could use and they're just like nah <laughs> no we're not doing it anymore um well that's cool I, I had a very similar uh upbringing into nascar and everything big jeff gordon fan and then i saw jimmy johnson was a rookie he was on the back of the uh nascar i want to say it was oh three he was a rookie in oh three i believe yeah and he was on the uh the back of that and i'm like who's this 48 guy and my dad's no, like he, oh no, he was a rookie i think it was-, was it oh two or oh three or it was it was between oh two and oh four I'm trying to figure out which there was that one year where he made like five starts. So I can't remember if it was 01 or 02. So oh, I didn't know it would be that early. Either way, I mean, he was on the back of the uh, of the game, and I'm like, who's 48? And my dad's like, oh, he's he's with Hendricks. He's Jeff Gordon's teammate now. And I'm like, I think this whatever reason. I'm like 10 years old at this point, and I'm like, for whatever reason, that's my guy now. And uh, it turned out to be a pretty decent pick. So you um, you went from one vanilla personality to another. <laughs> Wow. I guess so. At I least you're so. consistent. <laughs> hey, I, I was just following my dad. He was a big Hendrix guy, Hendrick Motorsports guy. I was just yeah. like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Um, but not so much anymore, to be honest with you. I'm I don't even know. I need I still need to pick like a new guy. I don't know who to pick right now. I, it's it's still tough. Oh, um, uh, I, I my my I like like I like I have my favorites and yeah, I don't like I don't like saying them because you know. Right, you're you're yet to be professional and all that. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's all it's all it's always kind of. I always found it weird the reasons people will choose certain drivers. And some of them make sense. I like he won the first race I went to, and so that was my guy. Like that makes sense. That makes right. complete sense. Right. Um. And then you get fans are like, yeah, I, I, I'll like cheer for four drivers. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like right. I, I'm, I'm manufacturer fans have never made sense to me no nah, it doesn't make At sense all. to me either and i and you know what my dad is was a big like uh i forget I, he hated ford for whatever reason don't know why <laughs> he'd be like oh fix or repair daily he'd give all like, the acronyms like he like he'd make fun of it that way he's a big chevy guy which makes oh sense. yeah dad tell that to mark martin yeah. he keeps winning <laughs> right yeah uh so that's kind of how that went but uh yeah, like I mentioned before, growing up in Boston here, they're really it's it's unfortunate because even with you know New Hampshire Motor Speedway, which is two hours yeah. from where I live, I mean they're it's once you go there, obviously there's a ton of interest, but here yeah. not so much. What, in your opinion, does NASCAR have to do to kind of start appealing to the casual fans around here who might not have made that decision to not like NASCAR? Like they're kind of just in the middle. They need to win them over. Um. Well, I think you're starting to see what happened last weekend in L.A. Um, uh, they have to bring the event in some fashion or form to those casual fans. So they don't, I don't, how, how far is a drive of a drive is it from Boston to New Hampshire Motor Speedway? From where I live, which is like 20, 30 minutes from Boston. It's like two hours, maybe a little bit less. Oh, there you go. Uh, (laughs) That's part of it. That's so people just don't want to make a two-hour drive anymore. Right. I mean, I, I'll make that drive. I'm all for it. Yeah. Some yeah. people don't. But, but, but yeah, like I said, like the Clash, that's a huge thing. Like NASCAR keeps touting it. I mean, we don't have documentation, but they keep saying that oh, seventy percent of the fans who attended, okay, seventy 
70% of the fans who input credit card numbers into Ticketmaster, they had never been to a NASCAR race before right. or weren't in NASCAR system saying they'd been to a race. That doesn't mean 70, 70% of the people who were in that bowl had yeah. been to a NASCAR race. Um, but regardless, there, there were a lot of new people there. <laughs> so, right. And you need, need, you need to do stuff like that. And um, a- after the clash, my, my, my thought was, you know, it'd be a cool location to hold a, a, a race like that, a cool stadium. Fenway Park. Yes, it would be. It would be very complicated, but I it would be great. I agree. Because one, you have the connection to the sport through yes. RFK racing. Um, so oh, yeah, didn't even think of that. That's a great so point. That, that's that's reason number one. Uh, and then people brought up, well, it's cold in February. It's like, well, okay, <laughs> you don't necessarily have to do it. Do the clash. It could be its own separate thing, like the All Stars. Um, but then it's like, oh, the Red Sox. They're they're playing, they're playing from yeah. April through whenever, but right. I still think it'd be cool to be watching a race like on top of the green monster. It like, absolutely <laughs> would be. And if it's not, I mean, if it's not there, you could still do it somewhere close to Boston. Like you could still find a place in the area, whether even, I don't know how the logistics of everything, but Foxborough, maybe like if you did it there somewhere around like uh where the Patriots play and everything, Gillette Stadium. I don't know how that all would work, but it'd be great to be able to do something like that. Uh, I think another thing that's kind of hurt NASCAR, and it's definitely, I'd say this these last couple of years, very, very much improved, uh, is all the stereotypes that come along with NASCAR. I think it's very, it, it's had a hard time breaking out of that reputation, I think. Um, it's like, I, I know early 2000s, probably when I was first really starting get, like, to get into NASCAR, people automatically would like look at you like, Oh, you're a redneck. Oh, you're like, you're this and you're that. It's like, dude, no, I just like watching racing. I don't, yeah. I don't know why you're like, it's, it has that label to it. So that's another thing. Uh, I, I wish it would kind of break off of that reputation. I do you, do you kind of feel like it's starting to pull away from that a little bit? Well, it started pulling away from it in, you know, 1995 with Jeff Gordon. Won. Yeah. Like, I mean, the reason Jeff Gordon, was so big was so huge was because he wasn't a 45 year old guy with a, a mustache, you know, yeah, talk, right. talk, talks like this, you know, he, he was a, well, after 1993 and after he shaved his mustache <laughs> uh, and he, 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 then he got those movie star looks. He, he just looked like the, he was outside the norm. Right. And that, that's why he was a big deal. That's why Danica Patrick was a big deal. Um, and to a degree why Dale Earnhardt Jr. Uh, was even though yes he has that southern accent right yes he had the art heart name but he had this markability he had this presence about him that other drivers did not um and now you got bubba wallace who is as far away from the norm as you can get when it comes to breaking out the the stereotypes uh about nascar and that's like i wrote a column about this for front stretch last year about how uh, um how Bubba Wallace is the face of NASCAR outside of the bubble. Right. Out the echo chamber, it is Bubba Wallace. Inside, Chase Elliott. Um, and what NASCAR needs to do, and what, frankly, what Chase Elliott needs to, to get on board with doing, um, and he's really kind of like seems to be resisting it, um, is just 
do that. You you need to right. put the emphasis on this. This this is prop him prop up up on the outside, uh, and and just keep boosting on Chase because Chase Elliott. I, I'm sure if you ask the general person outside of the bubble, they're like, "Who?" Right. Um, so and just those are your strengths and play to them for as as long as you can. Um, but just marketing call. Um, like there, there wasn't a single outside of the 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 pre race the pre game thing yesterday, uh, with the drivers driving cars at the clash. I didn't see any NASCAR ads on yeah. uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Um, there, there I think there was been. one last year. I feel like there was one last year, but I was the game. If I might be mistaken, the Super Bowl I believe last year was on Fox. I'm not positive about that, and I think that might have been uh, why it was kind of advertised yeah. there. Because yeah. NBC, I don't believe, uh, airs the airs NASCAR anymore. Uh, I could be wrong, but I, I believe that uh, NBC Sports, like the NBC Sports Network, I don't, I'm not, well, I'm no, not, M- M- no, NBCSN's gone now. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like NBSN's <laughs> just gone. So it, like, well, I, but they'll, they'll still be playing races on on NBC USA Network. So it's I still mean, I'm more, I more so. mean for the Daytona yeah. 500. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. yeah show like my, my big thing the thing a thing i've been harping on for a, a long time is when you turn into a nascar race you no longer see commercials or you see very few commercials from sponsors yeah. featuring drivers very few like last year you you had quite a few with bubba you had a toyota commercial like two toyota commercials that featured kyle bush um, there was an Alex Bowman ally commercial that got some play, but uh, other than that, like there wasn't even a commercial for Chase Elliott from Napa, right. from Hooters, from his power, his energy drink that he sponsored, uh, whatever it is, or any, any of his other sponsors, not a single one saying we're insert blank and we're proud to sponsor to defending NASCAR cup champion, Chase Elliott. There wasn't a one, um, that's there. start there. Yeah, um, it's a great place to start. Um, and, and I know, like someone like Bob Pockers will say, "Well, uh, who, who who's a good friend of mine will say, well, companies they, they see more value in uh, social media engagement, so they'll they'll, they'll do stuff, do a commercial for social media." Well, okay, right. a fra- a fraction of the NASCAR fan base, and not just the NASCAR fan base, just the general population is on social media, is on yeah. is on Twitter. We make that mistake of thinking the whole world is Twitter. Like yes. I think if you, if you're on Twitter a lot, whether it's for your profession or you just happen to be on there a lot, which those people I feel bad for, if you just are if you're just on there all the time for no reason, uh, yeah. yeah, that's you live in your own little echo chamber where there's there's that's not the world. So that's what yeah. a lot of these companies I think fail to realize sometimes. Well, the, and you saw the the commercials last week in the clash that featured um, the, the the advanced auto parts commercial with with Blaney and uh, Logano. Yep. Love that. I might get tired of it after a little bit, but that's that that that's part some of the energy that needs to be in NASCAR commercials that I wish these sponsors would would recognize. And then there, there's also the commercial with Chase Briscoe and Tony Stewart for their tractor supply. That that was peak. That felt like a 2005 era NASCAR commercial. Yeah. I was like, everything you're saying reminds me because I'm a huge baseball fan and it's kind of going through the same struggles right now with marketability. I mean, you have, you do all have all these terrific players. It just like, there's a bunch of marketable drivers right now. I, I don't think 
there's been a time in NASCAR where there's been this many marketable drivers. Yes, you had <laughs> you had the age with Jeff Gordon, you had Tony Stewart, you had Dale Earnhardt, and that was a great age too. But like right now, these young drivers are something else. Like you can, you should be able to market the hell out of them. Yeah, but like Bubba Wallace was great in his commercials. As you saw with Blaney, he's great. Bl- Blaney is the of the current crop of drivers. He's the most natural actor. Like he he, yeah. he was in he was in the crew. Uh, he's made for he's, it. Yeah, he 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 was he's been in some other shows like the the Taken TV show that was briefly on. Um, oh, Magnum PI. But yeah, he he was he's a natural. Um, and I like. I, I like I he yeah he's just a natural and I, yeah. I wish I'm glad that Advanced Auto Parts is finally u- utilizing him in that way, uh, but like Alex Bowman uh, has this very low key droll sense of humor. Yeah. He's the he's the Matt Kenseth of his generation. I like uh, that he, comparison. That's a good he, comparison he, because Matt Kenseth's sense of humor snuck up on me late in his career. Right, where it's like, oh wow, this guy's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, that's what Alex Bowman has really, I think, taken up that mantle. Um, he's very, very self-deprecating. Um, uh, but yeah, like there, there are plenty of drivers that have sense of humor that should be used in commercials and also used in commercials that are that aren't just playing during NASCAR races. That's right. key. Yeah. Like they need to be playing on ESPN, like during SportsCenter. Um, I don't know how much that costs. But if I had a decision, that's what the, that's where they'd be playing. Um, so, uh, that, I think all those were great points. And now, now we, as we get into this season, I, I hope to see more of that. I, I think it's going to be a great set. Last season was a great step in the right direction. I love the, what they did with all the new road courses. I thought mm-hmm. they, they really thought outside the box with a lot of the things they did. Um, now, so jumping into next season and speaking of thinking out of the box, we, we talked about the clash a little bit earlier. What were your, cause I'm coming at you from more of a fan, uh, perspective you're more yeah. of the expert you you've been in this field for a little, a little while now and and uh, a fan i'm, I'm still well fan, yeah for so, sure i'm yeah. <laughs> i'm i'm admittedly not an expert i'm just a big fan of nascar yeah. so uh I, I do i'm interested in your perspective of how the clash went in your eyes uh was it a massive hit like what what were your main takeaways from the clash oh it was absolutely a a massive hit uh when you have like a uh, no, it was 200% increase in ratings yeah. from last year to this year. And like Kevin Harvick put it best the day before at his media, avail- media availability, which was like after practice, after they, they'd gone through their three practice sessions. He's like, I don't think you could screw this up from, from this point. Yeah. We've, been, we, we've been on the track. Nothing bad happened. Right. And we, we can, we can race. We can, they put on a race and, when the the worst thing that happened over the entire weekend was the awkward dignitaries being announced but not coming out <laughs> like where 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 are they <laughs> when that's the worst thing that happened it's it's an absolute straight up success um it was like watching a martinsville race just except mm-hmm. slightly smaller um it, it was a race you saw kyle larson put on a three wide pass yeah. on the front stretch at one point I was like, okay, all right. I it, I wish it had been 200 laps. Um, really, that that's that's really my only nitpick. I wanted I wanted more. And if you're coming away from it wanting more, that's a good um, thing. That's good. And when was the last time you could say, oh yeah, I wish that uh clash at Daytona was just a few more laps so we could wreck 10 more cars. <laughs> um, and which I 
like I put at this point on Twitter, I think last week, if I were to give, take a new person who had never laid eyes on NASCAR to a first NASCAR event, I will take them to a clash like event before I take them to the Daytona 500. Interesting. Okay. Why is that? Absolutely. Well, I, I could, I should, I should find a link to like a YouTube video that just shows a montage of the big one at Daytona. Yeah. Just, Boom, just like 15, 18 car wrecks. And it's, uh, that's the one thing I, I like, I, the Daytona 500, it's the biggest of NASCAR race of the year for obvious reasons. People say it's the Super Bowl and, hey, it should be the end of the end of the year. No, um, <laughs> just no, because of the wrecks. Um, and, but the, the thing that I don't like about it being the first race is that you have people just turning, tuning in, getting their first impression, and they're just, they're just they're racing around in packs, which can be thrilling at times. But then you have the wrecks, and they might like it. They might, oh man, this is awesome, right? But then the next week you're going to Auto Club Speedway, and after that you're going to Phoenix. And so you mean you're going from sort of the highs of highs, all the action, to more of just the strategic racing, and then that might be where you lose them. Is that what you're trying to say? Not 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 the just in the sense that. What they you see in the Daytona 500 is what you don't get that. It's right. not representative of the rest of the year. You, you you well, up till this year you had four four super speedway races, and now they've added two more with Atlanta. So yeah. it's slightly more representative now. But like if you're sitting in the stands at the Daytona 500, the field comes around, boom, gone, yeah, and then it's just two miles one, away. <laughs> one minute, it's like all right. Okay, oh, here they come. Right. Um, like I went, I've been to one Talladega race um, back in 2012, and that's what it was. It was just boom. Like I remember the, la- uh, the last lap, uh, Brad Kozlowski was leading. Kyle Busch was like right on his tail. They go by white flag, and then they come back around, and Kozlowski is like slightly farther ahead. Right. We're like, what happened? What happened like, yet? Right. I-, I have no idea what what happened. Um, but it's just yeah. I would rather them watch. I'd rather take a fan to the Clash. I'd rather take a fan to Martinsville, Bristol, Bristol yeah, um, Phoenix, maybe for a first race. But I would not take them to Daytona. I would not take them to Talladega for a first NASCAR experience, just because. I prefer not to take them to New Hampshire, but that's the only choice hey, I oh, have. <laughs> no, no, I, no. New Hampshire, the last three years, actually. You know what? Four. You're right. The, the last, the races I've been, I've actually gone to the last two, two out of the three races, two years ago, I went. And then this past year I went and no, uh, I actually, they were actually really good. They're, they're good races. I, I don't know what, like they had the PJ one down that definitely helped uh, because you had the year where Harvick gave Kyle Busch the, 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 boot I was there. Turn two. Yeah. It was like, where, where has this been? Where, right. <laughs> what? And then, and then you had the year where Harvick and Hamlin are fighting and they, make contact and turn four come and check the flag i was like where has this been and then last year Emerald you have one. that one that one period in the race where keselowski and blaney were going at it middle yep. of the race and it was like it was thrilling and i was like i can't believe that i think maybe if you combine the pj1 and maybe the car finally somehow 
meeting at a point with the track and what it's capable of. And it finally just this confluence of events. And all of a sudden, New Hampshire is a really, really interesting track. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. I, I just know like a lot of the time it's got just because, there's you know, there's no banking. They're going so slow in the yeah. corners and there. It's not the fastest track in the world either. So if you're going like don't expect them to be going 180 at New Hampshire, they're going to be going more so like 120 in the straightaways. But so that's that's kind of what I mean. Like if I'm going to bring someone, they're going to be like, yeah, they're going fast. But I thought it was a little faster than this, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, yeah, well, like the top the top speed with the clash was like i don't know what high 60 miles per hour yeah and it was still a blast yeah like i remember my mom said oh they're gonna be going so slow okay yeah sure but there's a trophy on the line so yeah. <laughs> let's right. see what happens <laughs> so uh as we get into the daytona 500 here we're gonna have some uh new notable drivers and new rides uh a few of them yeah. we got obviously kozlowski he's with roush fenway kozlowski now uh, number six yeah. car, we got Sindrick. We got uh, in the in, with Penske. We got Almondinger with Colored Racing. We have Harrison Burton with Wood Brothers. Justin Haley, Colored Racing. Ty Dillon, Petty GMS. Kurt Busch. These teammates with Bubba Wallace now with Twenty Three Eleven Racing. Yeah. Uh, out of these new drivers, and we're gonna get to specifically the rookies in a second. Who are mm. you most excited to watch uh, in their new ride? I for me, I, I I think the obvious pick is probably Kozlowski, just because he's maybe the most popular Kurt Busch would be my pick with 2311, but I want to know what you think. Oh, Kurt Busch, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, uh, because he is the, like, he's the most consistent driver out there. Uh, he gets you a one win a year, but he he's competitive. Yeah. He improves everyone. Every team he's been on, he's improved, um, from furniture racing, Phoenix racing, Stuart Haas. It's, it's Chip Ganassi. Um, where he goes, he makes people better. Um, and with 2311 racing in its second year, with full Toyota support, um, it's going to be really interesting to see where he is as a driver just now compared to last year. Because Chip Ganassi racing wasn't top, top tier. They, they, they weren't hot stuff. Um, but like all the ingredients should be there for to him to really show off what he's got at this late stage in his career. Um, but yeah, second, second place would be Kozlowski. Um, this is the first time our, I'm just going to say Roush Fenway because just, just as a shorthand. Roush I know. Fin- yeah. Roush Fenway RFK. racing. Yeah. yeah we're, that Roush Fenway's had a championship driver since, um, Kenseth left, um, and they they've they've won two races since 2014, and those yeah. were both on super speedways. Um, Brad Keselowski is good pretty much everywhere, um, outside of probably road courses, really. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see who a guy who is still in his prime, who's a proven winner um what what he can do with that team that's been just falling off the face of the earth for the last almost decade uh they just hired uh you know david smith the analytics uh guru guy to to be a part of it so that's that's keselowski looking into the future (laughs) and trying to uh 
be proactive rather than be reactive. Yeah. That that's that's very much Brad Kozlowski's brand. So it's very, very interesting to see him really just taking the initiative and really trying to make that team better out, out of the box. It wasn't on display at the clash, unfortunately. Yeah. With, with neither of their drivers making the show. Um, but hey, uh it's 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 an exhibition race. Uh, do you expect so. him to have uh, the sort of the same success that he had with Penske, or do you think there's going to be oh, a no. drop off there? Oh yeah, yeah. there's going to be drop off. Okay, like, they're, yeah. they're, they're 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 so far out in left field compared to um, where the rest of the forwards have been. Yeah, uh, they they, get, they got work to do. Uh, can Kozlowski win a race? Yeah, um, probably probably Super Speedway. Um, yeah, but that here's the thing though, because because of the next gen car. It's we don't know anything like at all. Um, so like it, it'll be by my by my guess, like David, David Wilson, the president of Toyota Racing Development, had a press conference uh, last week. And he said, you know, any any other given year, you would know by the first Martinsville race, or the first Texas race, which which teams, which manufacturers, which drivers had an edge over everyone else. He said that's out the window this year. Um so usually my benchmark has always been the Coke 600. Um, that's okay. basically the quarter mark, more or less. So it it every week is going to be fun to watch. Practice is going to be a thing you have to watch just to see what people try. Yeah, who misses the mark? Because you have very short practice sessions. Very. So you have teams that are going to be under the gun, uh, just trying to trying stuff, just like throwing stuff at it and seeing what sticks and what doesn't. And the first stage of races are going to be just balls to the walls. Like, all right, right. Do, do, do you remember the the the, the first Martinsville, Martinsville night race during the COVID season? Do you remember that one? Vaguely, yeah. I, I probably need a little refresher there, but yes. Well, the, I, I – that. I've never seen a race where drivers who started up front just dropped like rocks. Yeah. They were just irrelevant. Like Denny Hamlin was one of the drivers. He's, he started near the front and they just missed it. And it was noticeable. Right. And they got lapped like real quickly. And I think that that will be kind of the template for what we might be seeing throughout this year with very little practice, just little experience with these cars and just not knowing anything that's what that's what's, what I, well sorry to interrupt you but what's been the general consensus with these next gen cars among the drivers like are they are they like is it a negative sort of thing so far or i because i know uh, as a, again coming from like a fan when there's yeah. change when you, sometimes you're reluctant to see change like this i mean uh, and it, for me, it's more of like a cosmetic thing. It's like, what do you mean the numbers are in the front now? <laughs> it's like, but I, I mean, I can, I can get over that rather quickly, but yeah. uh, in terms of how they, like how these next gen cars work, I mean, I, is this going to be a tough adjustment for fans to watch? Or is this more so like the drivers are just going to have to have, it's going to be an adjustment period for them or both. Well, I think, I think the feedback from drivers so far has been pretty positive, especially given that they're going with the 670 horsepower package over the 550 package at intermediate tracks, thank goodness. Um, 
because the driver's side, the cars are harder to drive. And the thing you've been hearing over the last few years from drivers was like, make, make, make the cars harder to drive and you'll put, you'll get a better show. Right. Um, I mean, the talent will win out as opposed to just yeah. the car. Yeah. Yeah. Like there, there's new things like, you know, in the cockpit, you like that got the sequential shifter instead of the traditional H. So th- there's stuff that dr- the drivers are going to have to like, like to quote, you know, Giant Master Yoda, you, you have to unlearn what you have learned. And that's, that's what, that's really what I think the first half of this year is going to be is teams and drivers just completely rewriting their notebooks, um, re- redeveloping themselves in certain ways. Um, it's it's going to be so, so interesting and fun to watch. It's going to be Pandora's box every week, in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. Uh, getting into specific drivers here, we'll go back to 2311 racing real quick. Starting with Bubba Wallace, um, you talked about before how he's like the face of NASCAR now, rightfully yeah. so. Uh, with Kurt Busch now as his teammate, how much do you think, because Bubba Wallace had a up and down, but mostly down year last year in his debut season. How would you say Kurt Busch is going to help him out this year? Will he help him out? How competitive do you think Wallace will be this season? Well, you've already seen and seen the effect of it. Uh, we, we, the media, we got to talk with uh, the, the president of 2311 racing last week. And also Mike Wheeler, who's the competition director for 2311 racing. And I asked Mike Wheeler, like, what's, what's been a surprising impact of Kurt Busch already. And he said, like, at the clash, like, I'm sure you remember, like, Bubba Wallace was not good in practice, like bottom two spots of practice. And Wheeler said like, he was pretty down in the dumps after that, like, yeah. because they, they just missed something. And then he, he had Kurt go talk to him and Kurt, Kurt and they had similar setups. And so Kurt was like, Hey man, I've been there. Here's what I, I would do. And he, they he give him advice and stuff. And you come out and qualifying, but Bubba qualified mid was it mid pack. And Kurt Busch, he's the guy who's, who start who qualified in the back because he was one of the first guys out, and you never want to be one of the first guys out in qualifying. But w- whatever Kurt said to, to Bubba helped in some way. Um, so it, it's like this this is the first time that Bubba has ever had a real true teammate. He, he, he had the, he had the Joe Gibbs guys yeah last year, but they're still their own team. And even though he had Denny Hamlin. Denny's still his his boss, still his owner. Kurt is the Kurt and Bubba are teammates, same level, equals, right? Um, so that that's it's a different dynamic, and I think he should he he should improve um, this year. Uh, like you know, the main goal last year was like they they wanted to to you know run in run in the top twenty and finish in the top fifteen, stuff like like small goals like that. Yeah. Um, they get they get get that win at Talladega, which is that's a huge deal, right? Um, that's huge. Re- regardless of anything, if you're, you're a first year team and you win, um, that hasn't been done since Hendrick Motorsports in 1984. Yeah, it's a big deal. <laughs> so, um, like there 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 are going to be expectations. This is your second year. You get, run in the top ten, finish in the top ten. He did not have a top ten finish outside of the top five he he didn't finish 10th through six yeah all year um so you need you need runs like that uh but i think we'll see it um 
And he so. was running well in the Daytona 500 last year yeah. until the very end. And I, I, yeah. I remember that specifically because I might have placed a little wager on Bubba Wallace to win. And uh, I was a little <laughs> upset at the end of that race, but no big deal. Uh, no, he, he's pro- no, he's proven. Like even even before Talega, he, he, he's proven he can run on super speedways. The, oh, yeah. problem, the, problem, the problem he had up until last year, like he could get to the front, but he couldn't stay there. Yeah. Uh, but last year he proved that he could stay there. And that, that was, that was a really nice development to see that, that progression. Yeah. And then, uh, talking about Denny Hamlin, obviously the owner of 2311 racing, but also a guy who was chase still chasing his first championship. Yeah. Uh, he's consistently one of the best drivers on the circuit. You just can't seem to really finish the job. And I think that's sort of the reputation that he's getting. And, and, uh, I mean, he, at this point, it's hard to say he doesn't deserve that. I mean, he just hasn't been able to finish. So what does he have to do to kind of get over that hump? And it's going to be even tougher this year with the next gen cars. I mean, it's not going to get any easier for him. But I, I I don't know what he needs to do because like he's two years ago he ar- arguably had the best year of his career right and then and then last year he had one of the most consistent years of his career yeah. where he didn't even lead the he was like well what he led the points for like three quarters of the year maybe half the year without winning a race yeah um so like and he's still in the like he just turned forty so he's still in that window. Uh, where he's um, technically in his prime, um, but I think I think he, he like he has said um, like he he's won everything except the title. Yeah, he really doesn't have anything to prove at this point. No, no one's gonna. He, he's already it's only passed. a championship. Championships it. That's just all. That's all he needs. Yeah, like him and other drivers have said like re- reaching the final four is now kind of like it, it i mean it's not winning the championship but getting to the final final four is now its own achievement by itself right. yeah um which kind of like makes up for the lack of championship and he's reached that final four multiple times right. um like is he technically the new mark martin I oh my god i'm I mean, so glad you said that because the amount of times i i didn't know if i was the only one who was just like on like comparing him to mark martin all the time I'm like dad this guy is just mark martin he's the, he's mark martin reincarnated so I'm, i am glad you brought that up <laughs> uh yeah uh is he technically mark, mark martin yeah he, he's got more wins than mark martin but he, he's also won stuff that mark martin didn't win uh, he's won three day 2500 mark martin never won the day 2500 yeah um he's won other stuff that i can't think of off the top of my head that mark martin didn't win um but yes he's this generation's mark martin until he wins a championship and then then mark martin can once again have the title of (laughs) best best cup driver to never win a championship unfortunate title but hey he's still still a legend still managed to be a legend so it's okay um going back to i mentioned before we'll get into the rookies and there's three specifically obviously harrison burton austin cindrick tall gillen so who do you have your eye on this season i know the probably most popular ones harrison burton and the wood brothers but uh who are you eyeing this year who's your rookie of the year pick uh um i mean the the easy pick is to say austin cindrick um yeah just because he's an xfinity champion he's he's won a lot in the xfinity series uh harrison burton didn't win at all last year Right. So, yeah. Which, which, which is concerning, but I, that does, I, I, th- I think Harrison Burton is capable of winning. Um, it'll be interesting to see 
what kind of leash Harrison Burton has, given that with with the Wood Brothers are basically team, team Penske. So you have to ask yourself, what kind of leash does he have with team, team Penske? Yeah. Um, I think Cindric has a longer leash because of what he's accomplished in the last couple of years. I'm not expecting too much out of Todd Gilliland right. um, in the 38 car, but I, I expect more out of him than I expected from the, the last guys who were in that car. Uh, Todd Gilliland has won in the, at the truck series. He, he's been a front runner. Anthony Alfredo hasn't won anything. <laughs> Yeah. Um uh who who's in the car before him? The 38. Yeah. Oh man, it wasn't Chris Buescher, was it? Chris Buescher? No. No, no, no. Who was it? Shoot. I can't. Uh, I can't. Oh, John John Hunter Nemechek was in it before. Yes. yes. Um, yeah, that's right. Actually, yes. Like actually I would have expected a little bit a little bit more out of John Hunter Nemechek that year, but um he he's proving himself in the truck series right now. Yeah. <laughs> so he like um so, yeah, I expect more out of Todd Gilland, but if yeah, if I'm if I'm ranking them, I expect it to be, uh, Cendric, Burton, Todd Gilland. Yeah, I point. say that's the that's the popular order. I think. Um, what we you mentioned at the Truck Series and a guy who used to be in the 21 Wood Brothers is Matthew Benedetto. <laughs> how's he gonna get How's he gonna get back into the Cup Series? I mean, what's his what What does he What does he gotta do? When. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, I know. I, 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 it's just uh, there's really not much to say. Uh, yeah. Matt De Benedetto has not won a single points race in any of NASCAR's top three series. Yeah, uh, he kept saying he thought he deserved to be in the Cup Series. He never proved it. Um, did he get a couple second place finishes when he was driving twenty one? Yeah, uh, but he just wasn't consistent. Yeah, um, he never backed anything up. And now he's in the tracks after talking himself out of probably any other opportunity. Um, and he's in the, 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 the war, the number 25 truck, which hasn't been a front running truck, really mid pack. If he, if he um, does win, if he does find success in the truck series, do you, do you see him coming back to the cup series full time in the next couple of years? Oh man. Um, that doesn't seem like a confident answer, so I'm going to go with no on that. <laughs> like I said, like I said, he talked himself out of a lo- any many chances with with the stuff he was doing off to the side, pol- politics wise, late last year. That's um, right. That's true. So, I if we see him back, I will be surprised. So. Interesting. Um, okay. Go in. Or go in. That's that's yeah. the that's the best cure for stuff like this. Go win. That is the key. And a guy we saw win plenty of times last year, Kyle Larson. Um, he had his own issues, obviously, before that. Um, yeah. I want to know kind of your take on the whole Kyle Larson, I guess, movie that happened because it was like a Hollywood movie that it, <laughs> he started off. He he had his downfall and he and he came back and dominated last season and it was one of the best seasons we've ever seen in NASCAR. So what, what's kind of your take on the whole Kyle Larson? Will we see maybe a repeat performance this year? When you said movie, I was like, wait, <laughs> did I, did I miss something? No, like, no, <laughs> but it was like a script though. I mean, they, yeah. They wrote, yeah. Like the, 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 the movie script wrote, it wrote itself with Kyle Larson last year. Yeah, I mean, it did. Um, it, it with Kyle Larson, like when he got to the cup series, there was a lot, so much hype around him. Oh, he's the next great talent. It was like, 
and then he took a hundred races to win. Um, and then when he won, he could only win on two mile speedways. Mm-hmm. And then he, there was the year where he just fell off the face of the planet, didn't win anything. And then finally won like late in 2019 at Dover once. And it's like, he was not living up to any of the expectations around him. And I wasn't impressed, frankly. Yeah. Um, at all. And then the racial slur thing happened and he was out of a job. And then he gets, you know, the best car in the series. Yeah. Um, which is like this whole other conversation. It's yeah, like, no, I, I agree with you. It's it's like you like Hendrick got him at a much cheaper price than yeah. what they would have otherwise, which is part of it. And then he that basically comes becomes the house car. It's the HendrickCars.com car. Right. Um, so it's that's coming out of Rick Hendrick's pocket. Um, but he Kyle Larson got the best ride in the series after everything he went through. And did he show off his talent? Yes, he absolutely did. He won 10 races. Yeah. Um, uh, which you know, Harvick won nine the year before. So it, it's not like we hadn't seen that kind of season. I didn't expect Recently. to see another. I didn't expect to see a, a, a basically a repeat of Harvick season so quickly. I thought what Harvick did was incredible. I didn't expect anyone to match that anytime soon. But honestly, yeah. Larson, yeah, unbelievable. Like, but I don't. I don't have Larson's um, wins like in front of me. Like, um, hold on. You, you can, mean like you the, could, like where he won? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. You can everywhere. You, you can edit. <laughs> you, you, it wasn't. It really. I know. Um. He said he struggled at Talladega, I believe. He went into that race being like, oh, yeah, I'm going to suck there. Like, he knew he was Well, he's never been, like, just based off my memory, like an exceptional super speedway racer. Right. Um, So, where where was he? Oh, one. Vegas, Charlotte. So, that's two 550 horsepower tracks. uh, Sonoma. That's that was seven seven fifty, but road course. Road, yeah. Nashville, that was one of the feet. That was one of the you know two, uh, seven fifty ovals. Uh, Watkins Glen again, road course. Bristol, short track. Charlotte, road course, and then Fort Worth, Kansas again, five fifty. Yes. Uh, oval, and then you got Phoenix. So take like take out the two, five fifty ovals, and then you got, that's. That's four. So you got six. You got six. And then you, then you got the road courses. You get, so that was one, two, three. All right. Take those out. So then that means you got Phoenix, uh, Bristol, <laughs> Nashville. You got three. Like th- th- those three, like it's impressive wherever you won. That's, that's good. That's great. Yeah. But those are really the three races I think that really show off what a driver talent yeah yeah that for me anyway um he 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 drove his butt off at sonoma like i I, like he had to come back through the field to win that race if i remember correctly having the the different packages at different tracks really just kind of for me anyway just like throws off your perceptions of what a driver can and can't do uh and whether they just have a good car or not uh, but specifically the 550 ovals. Yeah. Um, that that has an asterisk for me, and not just for Larson. That's really anyone. Um, but it w- with with a one pretty much a hundred percent across the board, aside from Daytona, Paldega, and Atlanta, 
you're everyone's gonna have the same package the same rules so the assessment of drivers will be much more easier this year so that's one re- that's one reason i'm glad that they, they got rid of the they they changed their mind right from going five from 550 to 670 so that so, being said do you think we'll see another uh I guess dominant season that we just saw, like not not just out of Larson, but just yeah, out yeah, of anybody. Yeah. No, I don't. There, there, there's just too many unknowns week to week. Yeah. In this brand new car for 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 that to happen, I don't. I, if anyone gets to seven wins individually, I'll be surprised. Awesome. That, that makes for a good season though. I mean, I, I'd prefer, no, there's, there's something about watching dominance. That's it's as amazing. It is as it is. I wish there was more <laughs> like, you know, I'd like to see someone else kind of get a, get a win like every now and then, like, that's how I felt these past couple of years with Harvick and Larson. But yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm right there. Like it, it gets tiring writing the same story. Like, Oh yeah. I, I can imagine. So-and-so yeah. dominated one. Yeah. Um, like the one, right. Like I cannot wait for the Coca-Cola 600 because for the last like four years, that race has been whoever starts at the front is going to lead like 395 laps out of 400. (laughs) Yeah. And there's just no competition. So now with the 670 horsepower, four inch rear spoiler. um, I, I, I'm hoping I am hoping that we see the most competitive Coke 600 in like 10 years. I'm hoping because that race should be, that's a, that's a, that's a crown jewel race that needs yes. to be a good race. Yeah. And it just hasn't been for so long. What are some of your uh, favorite tracks that we're, we're, we'll wrap it up here in a moment, but I am interested because I think everyone kind of has their own taste. I mean, the typical ones are, I guess, Bristol, Daytona, like that's, that's probably the most popular choices. I, among at least the people I know, I know it's a small group of fans that I know here, but what are your favorite tracks that you look forward to each season? Darlington. Darlington yeah, is my that's mine. favorite that's my track. Um, it's also, it's also on the, like on the, the NASCAR heat games. It was always, it's always been the track where I go to, to just figure out setup stuff. Yeah. Because it's, it's a, it's a challenging track, but fun. It, it, um, and it, it, that, that, that's where I just figured out what, what I was most comfortable with setup wise on the games. And it's just yeah. the history of it. Um, it's just, there's no, not a track like it with, with you get a very narrow turn one, two, and then a very wide, maybe I'm getting confused. Either way, the, the turns aren't different. They're completely yeah. different. Um, it's a unique and, track. It's not like, yeah. you know, it's not your typical, you know, uh, it's not like Atlanta or Vegas where you're, you're, it's basically the same, like it's a completely unique track. I think that's what makes it so fun. And obviously you have yeah. the memories, you have the nostalgia that comes along with it, with all the amazing races that we, we've had there. So um, Darlington's that, one up there for and, me. And too. just in like the last three years, like yeah. the, the Chase Briscoe, Kyle Busch, Xfinity race. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that was the pinnacle of what you want to see in a race. And then like all the Xfinity races there have been so good the last few years. And then you finally got one last year with Hamlin and Larson and and this other 500 uh, with that video game maneuver at the end. Yep. Um, But yeah, Darlington's my, my number one Bristol. um, 
You like road courses or like oh, oh, yeah. into the, the robles and everything? You're, I think that's been a, a huge addition too. Oh yeah. I, I've been a bit, I've been a big road course guy since 2012 after yeah. the Kozlowski Marcus Ambrose uh, finish that that's when road courses really took off yeah. um, in popularity because that they, they became a second short track and it, they didn't really have that element up and up until the 2010s. Um, and they just really, really put on really good shows. The Roval Sonoma is really starting to come along now. Um, they're going back to the, the, the old, not the old, but the, the, the format they used from like 99 up yeah. to 2018 or whatever. Watkins um, Glen. I've always been a huge fan of Watkins Glen as well. Watkins, like, like basically in 2012, I, I don't know if that was the year where they did it, but the, where they paved over uh, the off section in turns one and uh, six, they pay, well, once they paved those over and gave drivers runoff, they turned that that track into a brawler's track. Yeah, like so now now there you get cars drivers who go that will use all of turn one, all of turn five, and the the it, it just made the races there so much better. Um, I kind of wish they would do it with Sonoma, uh, because there's so there's so much runoff on that track and it's just dirt. If I think if they put a little bit more pavement in certain areas i think you could you could improve the racing there a little bit but uh, yeah i've been yeah, i've been a fan the coda I, i'm looking forward to seeing what coda's like not in a monsoon um what are the other road courses road america was really cool that was an event yes uh because i grew up watching indy car races you know on espn in the 90s at road america so that was finally finally good to see them there the, the, the best part about the last three years when it comes to like scheduling, like a lot of it was done out of, this, out of necessity because of COVID, um, which I think really finally broke the mold for NASCAR into opening their eyes and like, oh, the, the show can be whatever we need it to be. Um, because like, I know a lot of conversations like, why, why does it cut, go to like Iowa Speedway? um like oh the, the, the facilities just aren't there okay make the facilities and that's what they did with the clash yeah. so um that see, seeing nascar finally pivot have quick reaction to what's popular has been really really good um and like they're going going to tracks where they should have been going all along like nascar is the number one motorsports in the country why did it take till 2021 for the cup series to go to road America? That doesn't make sense. Right. Um, and they finally went and it was the most attended road America event in 50 years. So yeah, that, that NASCAR is finally going to places where they should have been going. And they're finally creating new stuff that they probably should have been creating 10 years ago. Yeah, I, I think NASCAR has really benefited from embracing change and not being stuck in that old school mentality that, say, like I mentioned before, baseball has kind yeah. of been in for a little while. Um, I think NASCAR has really benefited there with embracing that. And I think it's embraced, honestly, it always has its rivalries. I think last year it did a great job of marketing sort of, especially the uh, Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott rivalry we saw towards <laughs> the end of last year. That was a yeah. lot of fun. Um, I, I want to know, uh, are we going to see any carry over there? And also, what other 
like sort of rivalries do you think we might see this year specifically? Like what, what might we have to keep our eye out for? I, I think Harvick and Elliot have buried the hatchet. Uh, I think. Are you sure? Cause Chase Elliott wasn't Chase Elliott selling like merch. That was just, yeah, it was like Christmas, like, uh, hey, like have well, a good okay, off season. Yeah. I wish I had that. <laughs> I almost, I, I almost, I almost bought that. Um, because that's like the rare uh, that the rare example of Chase Elliott showing his personality. Yeah, um, true. Um, no, yeah, that I think they buried the hatchet. I think what happened to the Roval, that was it. Yeah, because well, NASCAR, NASCAR had, they told them to yeah, stop. Yeah, it's like that's it, enough. Yeah. Um, but it was still fun. <laughs> yeah, but I I don't know about rivalries this year, um, because real they. Rival rivalries co- usually come out of stuff that happens on track, um, right? So, we're, so we're we're not there yet. Um, though, though, if okay, backtrack. If Ryan Blaney and Eric Jones turn out to have like a rivalry, that would that would I'd be gobsmacked because that's yeah. just not that's just not a pairing I would have ever no not imagined. Not. Like the the craziest thing that happened at the clash was Ryan Blaney throwing his Hans device at Eric Jones. Blaney, so nonchalantly, too. Just what, what sucks is that no one captured video of it. So we just right. always... Uh, the pit reporters told us it happened, and then the camera captured it on the track. Yeah. But Blaney has this, such a non-flappable demeanor that you just wouldn't expect him to do that. Yep. So him doing that, you know he's mad. So. Right. We also saw the uh, the whole mix up with Denny Hamlin and um, Chase Briscoe. Uh, that that was the, oh we, that last was another year. one. That was yeah yeah no not yeah not during the clash last year yeah uh, so yeah I, last year just I'm just thinking of different things that popped up last year. I don't know if maybe there'll be some carryover there, and someone at some point will get mad at Logano for something. We know that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we can look forward to that. It could come as soon as this Sunday, for all we know. Um, so speaking of that, who is your pick for the Daytona 500? I'm going to put you on the spot and then I'll get to the championship after. Oh man. Um, haven't decided yet. Well, I don't like making predictions before there are cars on track. Yeah. Uh, because you, you, I want to know like who's, who's fastest, who looks good in the draft. Um, that is true. You you do have to know, uh, you know, uh, how the, how fast they are in practice and everything, but I am going to put you on the spot. I'll put like a little like music here. Don't don't worry. <laughs> Man, I'm trying to trying to remember who who's been who's been good recently there. Well, that's the other thing with the Daytona 500 is you. It's I mean predictions are they, you can pretty much throw them out the door for the most part. Like yeah you know, yeah like Mike like McDowell won last year. I don't yeah. think one person would expect that. I, I'd love to see what the Vegas odds were for that. Yeah, uh, well, Madell had been good on super speedways, so it wasn't a surprise that he was there at the end to take advantage of it. Yeah, but yeah, I know what you mean. But you just never know. I mean, yeah, it's just it's, one of the it's one of those races. Gonna go with maybe Hamlin because he's always been good there. But I'm going Brian Blaney. I'm going Brian Blaney. Blaney. Okay, I like because it. he 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 like he's won twice at at Talladega. He he was so cl- in 2020. He was this close to winning. Yeah. Before the accident with Ryan Newman happened. Um, but I'm going to, yeah, I'll go with Ryan Blaney to win the Daytona 500. 
All right, now I got to put you on the spot again for the championship. And I know this is the toughest possible year to predict it, but I'm going to, I still have to ask because it's yeah. just, that's how yeah. we're wrapping up here. Kurt Busch. Wow. Okay. I didn't expect, you think Kurt Busch is going to jump into 2311 and just win it? He, he's one of the drivers, he, he, like he's had a little bit, he's a driver that's had quite a bit of experience with the car, but at this yeah. point, like he, he, he was one of the first drivers to have more than one test in the car. Um, he's been driving it since late 2020. Um, he's a, he's an adaptable driver. Um, everyone's saying this car puts the car back in the driver's hands more. And that's a Kurt Busch. If I'm Kurt Busch, I'm, I'm liking that. Um, he's got TRD support, which Chip Ganassi Racing was never at, at the top when it came to getting resources from Chevy. So, I yeah, I think that, okay, his first, 04. So, his first title was 04. It has been 17, six, 18, 18, 18 years yeah. since his first title. Kurt Busch is going to get his second title 18 years later. I love that pick because it's not the typical, oh, Truex, Elliott, Harvick, can't like, well, Hamlin hasn't won, but you get the point. Like, it's not one of these front runners, Larson. Like, I, I do like that pick a lot because it's it's something different. And I, if you heard it were to ask me, I probably would have picked one of the front runners. My dad, every single time I ask him about race, it's Truex, 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 going to win it. And he, sometimes he's right. But, I'm, guess, uh, I'm guessing your, your dad's also a New England native, right? He is. Oh, yeah. So yeah. That may- I don't know if that's why he does it. He just kind of, I ask him, we we do our picks every weekend, and he's just, it's either Truex or Hamlin. It's like, you can't get another answer out of the guy. But <laughs> Or he's right. just a JGR guy. So. Maybe. Yeah, I think maybe subconsciously, because I don't think he has an allegiance right now. He just goes Truex, Truex every, every weekend. Can't, can't get another answer out of him. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Daniel McFadden, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, I really appreciate it. It was, it's always good to uh, chat NASCAR with someone. It's it's few few and far between around here, but <laughs> I, I do appreciate it. Well, thank, thank you for having me on, Justin. And um, to anyone listening, you can find my uh, work at I write columns for frenchstretch.com, one weekly column. I will be in Daytona. This, like I said, starting whenever you're hearing this, um, I'll be in Daytona all week for Front Stretch and also Speed Sport. You can find my work at Speed Sport. I just published two stories over the weekend at Speed Sport. Uh, one on uh, Ben Rhodes, the defending Trek Series champion. Uh, we, we talked about his press conference, uh, his infamous press conference, and what that the fallout from that has been like for him. Uh, and also did a story on Daniel Hamrick, uh, which, which came out over the weekend too. And you can uh, subscribe to my own NASCAR podcast, uh, Dropping the Hammer with Daniel McFadden. Uh, the Ben Rhodes episode uh, dropped today, Monday. So please go check that out. And then Wednesday will be the Daniel Hammock episode. So you get to, you get to hear the interviews in their entirety. Uh, and so we hopefully, and we got, got a whole year of back episodes that you can listen to, uh, including during the off season, I talked to Ryan McGee uh, at ESPN. We talked about the, the Bubba Wallace documentary uh, that he produced that aired in the off season. And we also talked about the the, the Dale Earnhardt documentary he did uh, last year. Awesome. So that was a really, really cool conversation. So check that out. Also, subscri- subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash Dan You can see the video versions of all, pretty almost all my uh, interviews. So 
Yeah, awesome. Yeah, we'll be sure to uh, include that in the description as well. So if, if anyone wants to follow all that stuff, we'll include that right there for you. So you can click right there. All right, Daniel, thank you very much again. Appreciate you uh, coming on. Thank you, Justin.